Hi, this is ETF.com's Exchange Traded Fridays podcast, a weekly podcast covering developments in the ETF industry. My name is Sumit Roy, and I'm Senior ETF Analyst for ETF.com. This week, I'm talking with Ed Egolinski, who is the Managing Director at Direction, an ETF issuer known for its leveraged and inverse funds. Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. So, Ed, I want to start by talking about single stock ETFs. When these were first introduced to the market, there was a lot of skepticism about them. But if you look at your Tesla fund, it's on pace to be a $1 billion ETF, which is obviously super impressive. What's driving that? Well, I think in the case of Tesla, it's a, it's a polarizing stock. Uh, both sophisticated retail clients and institutions like to trade it. Uh, in fact, a couple of months ago, uh, Tesla, the common stock volume uh, for a given day was greater than the spies. Uh, so there's always continued interest there. Uh, and that is the leading pair of single stocks, leverage and inverse single stocks within our lineup. Uh, we have a one and a half times bull and a non-leveraged inverse bear, not just with Tesla, uh, but with total of five mega cap stocks. Uh, Apple, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft as well. So these are some of the biggest market cap stocks uh, that people want to trade, uh, whether it's to the long side or to the short side. Makes a lot of sense. And taking a step back, I'd love it if you could explain who single stock ETFs are designed for and all the different ways that they can be used. Sure. Uh, they're really designed for short-term active traders that want to express a short-term view on one of those individual stocks, uh, whether they want to have leverage on the long side uh, or if they feel uh, that the stock might reverse course and go down uh, for a short period of time, uh, they could trade our non-leveraged inverse bear uh, products. Uh, in terms of who's utilizing these, uh, if you have uh, maybe uh, the inability to, to get margin in an account uh, and with interest rates rising, uh, that could be more costly. Here's a cost-efficient way from a short-term perspective if you want to employ some leverage on those individual stocks to the long side. And from a short perspective, with a lot of clients, it's difficult uh, to short outright within an account uh, you could have unlimited liability in that case. Uh, they're borrow costs. So through a packaged ETF now, uh, you have the ability to take a bearish position on an individual stock. They still need to be monitored day to day. Um, most of you uh, out there that have ERISA accounts, uh, you, you couldn't previously short an individual stock. Uh, on a case-by-case -case basis, you might be able to uh, with one of our non-leveraged ETFs. And for those individuals, whether it's institutional clients or sophisticated retail that have embedded gains in one of these individual stocks may use the non-leveraged inverse bear to hedge those taxable gains for those taxable accounts that don't want to um, generate uh, some uh, taxable gains Here's a way to possibly hedge. Uh, I would I would uh, preface it, though, by saying that they should check with their uh, CPA uh, to determine what's appropriate for them. 
Great. So it sounds like there's a lot of different use cases for these ETFs. It's not just about speculation, but you did mention an interesting thing, which is these are cost efficient. I, I looked at the interest rates on margin loans recently, and there's something like five, six, even 7%, depending on your broker. So when you buy a leverage ETF like TSLL, it doesn't have those same costs associated with it. Is that right? Well, there are costs. Keep in mind, most of our products are 95 basis points in the case of the uh, single leverage and inverse. Uh, so they're more costly uh, than a typical cheap beta ETF. But these are designed, as you uh, referenced, as short-term trading vehicles. So to get that leverage or to have the ability to short in a package ETF, certainly is an efficient way to do so and might be on a relative basis a little less costly than other options available to you to institute those type of trades. Uh, but there are costs associated with this. I think the most important thing for somebody trading these is understanding the mechanisms of how they work. Uh, that the fact is after you own these for a period longer than one day, there is going to be tracking and compounding that takes place that could work for or against you. So these are vehicles where the timing matters and the underlying, in this case, stock, the way it trends matters, that will, will influence your return over time. For example, Tesla this year, uh, for the most part, that trend, of course, has been uh, to the upside, and the Tesla stock as a result is over 100%. Uh, in the case of since the fact that this is trended, uh, if you own the one and a half times bull Tesla, TSLL, you're actually up more than one and a half times, three, you know, one and a half times rather, uh, the underlying stock cumulatively over the period because of that trend working for you. Unfortunately, if you did our non-leveraged short, TSLS, uh, you're still down significantly, but not as much as you would have been. Of course, you would have been to zero because the stock's over up over 100%. TSLS, because of compounding, you're down about 60%, which is still pretty significant uh, for clients to realize that there is commensurate downside risk. That's where compounding can work for you, but compounding also can work against you where you can lose more than that three times, for example, when you hold it past one day. Uh, so you got to monitor these on a day-to-day -day basis. The timing matters. These are designed as short-term trading vehicles for clients. Makes a lot of sense. That Yeah, very important information for investors to know. So obviously the Tesla ETF seeing a lot of action, but you mentioned you have other ETFs tied to other mega caps. Are you seeing activity in those other funds? Yes, definitely. I mean, uh, you, you have a lot of regulatory news recently uh, with Google and Microsoft. Microsoft on the uh, Activision acquisition, uh, Google with the, the EU going on in terms of uh, uh, what's going on with their ad tech business. Uh, so a lot of people like to trade off of those type of headlines, whether they think the trend's going to go up or down. Uh, a lot of trading pre and post earnings with these individual stocks. And keep in mind this year, the mega cap stocks have led the rally in the market, uh, including the five pairs that we have. Uh, all five of those stocks this year are up more than the NASDAQ 100 or the S&P 500 
Uh, so it's been a narrow breadth of stocks that have propelled this market. Uh, here's a way for people to trade that uh, from a leverage standpoint on the bull side, but also there could be some contrarian plays as well. Uh, Tesla's just coming off of 13 straight days of being up. Uh, maybe it's overextended short term. Uh, so some traders might look to trade uh, the counter trend of that with TSLS. Uh, but there's a lot of headlines with these stocks uh, on a continuous basis. Uh, and this is designed for those individuals that want to trade off of those headlines, for example. So, Ed, Apple just had this really big event where they unveiled the Vision Pro, which is kind of this virtual reality, mixed reality headset. Are you seeing any interest in the Apple ETFs on the back of that announcement? Yeah, de definitely. And, and uh, both to the bull and bear side, I guess people are sell on the news in some cases, and some people are more optimistic from a short term perspective based on their announcement. Uh, and the fact that uh, at some point it, it could generate some uh, revenue to their uh, bottom line. And from the broader mega cap uh, leverage and inverse single stock ETFs, certainly the buzz of AI uh, has caught the likes of some of the other single stock pairs. Uh, like Google and Microsoft, uh, which are competing with the chat, GBT, for example, uh, whether it's BART or Bing, for example. The AI interest this year is definitely resonating in some of the other pairs uh, as well. Absolutely. So we have seen a lot of success with single stock ETFs so far, much more than I thought we'd see. And we've seen a lot of launches, but we've also seen some closures when it comes to single stock ETFs as well. Is that the way it's going to be? You're just going to launch a bunch of products and kind of see what sticks and then shut down the ones that aren't gaining traction? Well, keep in mind, we launched some of the more uh, highly traded, most liquid stocks. In fact, four of the five pairs that we launched are all a trillion dollars plus in market cap. Tesla, with its recent run, is probably about at 800 billion now. Um, but you're always going to have... Uh, opens and closures of funds, uh, not just with us, with, with any ETF provider. Um, it depends on the individual stock uh, and the beta associated with it. Uh, we've tended to see that higher beta type of stocks uh, might attract more interest or stocks like the mega cap stocks that are continuously in the news that people want to trade off of. Uh, but, you know, we, we've had in our history, of course, we'll continue to innovate uh, and launch products, but at the same time, realize some ETFs over various market cycles, uh, if they don't generate interest, uh, there's a potential to, to close those. Let's talk about some of your other funds. One thing that stands out to me is how Soxel, the 3X bull semiconductor ETF, has seen $1.7 billion of outflows while SOX S, the 3X bear semiconductor ETF has seen $1.6 billion of inflows. As we all know, semiconductor stocks have performed remarkably well this year. Is this a case of speculators betting against the rally and getting it wrong? Or is this hedging activity? Well, I think there might be a little hedging activity from a short-term perspective, but more so I think it's uh, hopefully uh, traders taking profits. Uh, the semiconductors is probably one of the leading, if not leading, tech industry year to date as a group. Uh, so we're just not seeing this uh, in our pairs with uh, SoxL and SoxS. We're seeing it with some other of our 
uh, triple leverage products as well, where we've seen net outflows on the long side, especially when something's trended higher, uh, clients taking some profits in, from a trade uh, and then initiating some short positions, thinking there might be some short-term reversals there. Uh, and as you know, uh, uh, SOXL uh, is our largest uh, leverage inverse ETF. It just eclipsed uh, over $7 billion. Uh, SOXS uh, is over a billion dollars as well. Uh, these are designed to short-term trading vehicles, as I said. Uh, look at the daily volume of trading uh, with SOXL and SOXS. Uh, you could have a turnover of our total assets of trading sometimes within a couple of days or even in a day or two or three. And that's what they're designed for. And I think that illustrates that the active daily trading volume of our leverage and inverse ETFs in, in general, uh, just illustrating further that these are should be utilized as uh, short-term trading vehicles. Yeah, yeah. It looks like certainly investors are using them as short-term vehicles. Another interesting product of yours that's seen demand this year is TMF, the 3X long bond ETF. Looks like a lot of people are betting on the Fed's rate hikes ending soon and uh, potentially bonds rallying on the back of that. Well, we've seen a, a significant amount of inflow uh, periodically throughout the year in TMF, and that's the triple leverage of the 20 plus year treasury. Uh, and we use uh, on the long side, uh, physical TLT, the ETF that a lot of people probably know out there, uh, and what's called the swap, which provides the leverage for us on TLT. Uh, we also have TMV, uh, which is the bear triple leverage. Uh, but when you look at it this year, uh, you know, you, you're, you're, people are presuming that the Fed is going to ease uh, at least uh, the rate hikes. They did pause this month. Uh, we tend to see a lot of activity uh, pre and post Fed meeting. Uh, traders looking to take advantage of that in either direction. Uh, but the uh, heavier flows this year uh, have been, for the most part, on TMF, uh, looking for rates uh, to go down. Uh, but again, illustrating the nature of why these are short term, uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, that was a good trade. Uh, lately, uh, that has not been a great trade in terms of interest rates starting to rise again uh, over the last couple of months. Interesting. Interesting. So before I let you go, Ed, I want to ask you about the future of direction. You guys have a lot of interesting products. What can we look forward to in the future? Well, continued innovation, uh, looking for different ways that we could provide leverage and inverse exposure uh, to that active trader out there. Uh, so different types of exposure maybe that are just not out there at present uh, or to do some things where uh, there's an opportunity uh, to further, no pun intended, leverage some of the success we've had uh, with other types of, of ETFs that are in the marketplace. Uh, on the non-leverage thematic side, uh, we're always looking for ways uh, that we could differentiate ourselves uh, from a crowded marketplace and certainly our QQQE, which is our equal weight NASDAQ 100, as I mentioned earlier, with the narrow breadth of stocks, uh, basically generating most of the return of the major indices this year, we're seeing a lot of interest in our non-leverage equal weight NASDAQ 100 QQQE. Uh, and we also have a commodity strategy that's unique in nature. It's a broad commodity basket. 
It's not static, always 100% long. Uh, and it's based on a set of rules. It'll be long a commodity or in cash with a commodity, depending on price trends. And that's COM, C-O-M, our ETF. So we're always looking for ways to, to bring more innovative products to the marketplace, both to the trader type of mindset, as well as more to the strategic asset allocator where it makes sense. So Ed, obviously when it comes to inverse and leveraged ETFs, education is key. Investors need to understand how these products work. Where can they learn more? Sure. Uh, our website, in fact, has a leverage and inverse education center. I'd recommend anybody that is thinking of investing in leverage and inverse to go to our site, check out our videos, and understand the mechanisms of how these work before considering an investment. It's very important that people understand uh, the compounding after holding these for more than one day uh, before they commit to trading any of our vehicles. And that's really a focus for our firm on the leverage and inverse more than anything else, uh, education. And these are not appropriate for everybody. And in fact, uh, most investors that are more buy and hold, uh, these are not going to be suitable for. So these are really suitable for those sophisticated active traders uh, that want to express in a view short term uh, on whether something's going to go up or down. That's great. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, Ed. Thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights with us. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find this and all other Exchange Traded Fridays episodes on ETF.com or on any major podcast platform. See you next week. Thank you.